We're going to have a great time this morning because uh, I believe that God will minister to you whatever level you need ministered to. If you need something from the Lord, put your faith out there right now that you can get what you need. So uh, before I start, um, I do want to introduce my special guest, Elaine Croucher. Come on up here just a minute. Let's give her a big hand. I don't know if you can get through there or not. Yeah, just come up here. Well, I don't know. We need to be the same height. Why don't you just stand right there? Somebody said, either she's really tall or you're really short. And I said, um, well, it couldn't be me because I'm not really short, of course. So um, let me get this up. Okay, we'll go down one. Okay. Yeah, because I got to get down there where I can hug you. Okay. I want to just, just, just before you, I turn her loose, uh, let me just say this. That last Sunday I introduced her. She wasn't here. But um, this woman uh, taught me how to swim, spiritually speaking. The storm hit January the 1st. And um, I didn't know how to swim that kind of st- in that kind of storm. And I felt like that I was going down for the third time. And uh, I reached out to Elaine. Uh, and she is uh, somebody I did not know, and it's not common and normal for me to reach out. So I, but I had to because I felt like I was drowning. And the very first time I ever talked to her, she threw me a life raft that I've hung on to for these nine months. And uh, we're making it through. And so I don't know if there's anybody here that doesn't know what we've been through, but uh, my husband, Pastor Charlie, passed away on January the 1st of this year, and very unexpectedly. <coughs> so this, so I had never met her. I just talked to her. She texted me. She encouraged me. She did all these wonderful things that helped me through this time. But uh, yesterday, I got to meet her for the first time, and she did not disappoint And so somebody said to her that met her that goes to our church, she says, we didn't know that she was going to be Miss America. So (laughs) I'll come back. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, uh, I just wanted her to say a few words and invite all you ladies to be a part of tonight. Go ahead. Well, it's just an honor to be here today. And um, the Holy Spirit just, um, he's good at divine connections. And, you know, I had walked this journey nearly nine years ago. And as I told Pastor Margaret, I said, I didn't get to where I am today by myself. And you won't get where you need to go in life by yourself because we need one another because we are the body of Christ. That's right. And we're doing life together. And uh, we each have different strengths and we each have weaknesses and uh, we can complement one another, and, and the whole idea of that is to make each other stronger in the Lord, because life is not about me. It's about what I can do to help someone else in their journey, to get farther than where I've gone. And so, you know, when I met Pastor Margaret yesterday, it was like I've known her all of my life, but you know, whenever you connect in the spirit in a relationship, when you see them face to face, you think, I know you. I don't think I would have even, I think if I'd been in a room somewhere, I could have spotted, there's Pastor Margaret. 
I know that lady. And that's what the Spirit of God, you know, does. So I'm so proud of her, and I know it's been a tough, tough journey. For you, we never thought we'd ever walk this way. And, you know, we're faith people, and sometimes things don't turn out the way we wanted them to turn out. But I'm here to tell you, our foundation is the Word of God. That's right. And I know this church is built on the Word of God. And I know you're going on. And not only has she gone through a tough time, you know, with Pastor Charles going to, she calls him Charlie, moving to heaven. But you all have gone through a tough time because this was your pastor. And that's very dear to you. So you're doing life together. She is strengthening you as you watch her go forward. And aren't you proud of her that she has picked up the mantle and she's going forward? (laughs) Amen. Amen. You know, my late husband and I, we pastored for 26 years in Prague, Oklahoma. And then we got a new assignment for eight and a half years. We we traveled and encouraged pastors through the Rama organization. And um, then he went home to be with the Lord. And I thought, you know, Lord, I I don't know what I'm going to do now. And uh, he just spoke to my heart and said, I want you to continue on. And as I told Pastor Margaret, I, I thought I was humble saying, the Lord, but, but Lord, what are you thinking? You know, I can't teach like Bob Croucher. You know, um, you're thinking that I can do this. And then I saw the words, I and me. And I said, oh, Father, I'm so sorry. I left you out of that. I, somehow I was thinking, how can I do this? Well, he's done it through me. I'm not a great orator, but I'm an encourager. And I tell you what an encourager does. He puts courage. He or she puts courage in another person to keep going forward. Mm -hmm. Somebody put it in me, and now he's blessed me with that gift. And so it is a delight and honor to encourage you. And I want to encourage you all as a church, just stay hooked up together because you're going somewhere. You're going higher. She stepped into a, a higher place in ministry. You've stepped into a higher place, too. So we get to stay together, love one another, endure one another. I'm sure you've never had to endure one another, but welcome <laughs> to life. Talk about that. <laughs> the love of God goes way beyond our human love. And so thank you once again for this opportunity, and I'm excited to speak to the ladies tonight. And I like to have fun, so, but I like to minister. I'm going to be ministering on peace, my happy place. And if we ever needed peace in our life, yes. we need it now. And peace is a blessing. So I'm ready to hear Pastor Margaret minister, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud thank of you. you. I just want to publicly thank this lady for being there for me. Yes. Well, it was, uh, you know, I've shared some of the things that she shared with me that I believe helped you as well. And one of the first things that... Um, She said to me was, uh, leave the questions alone and stick with what you know. And that was what I had to hear right then. Because when you go through these kind of storms, you, you have all sorts of questions. And those questions keep trying to pop up. And I keep saying, leave the questions alone. Stick with what you know. And so that's what we have done here at Victory Center. We have stuck with what we know. And that's, we know that God's word is true. It does not matter what happens around about us. It does not matter what storm we go through. God's word is still true. And we do not go wrong 
when we stand on God's word. If we don't understand some things, we keep standing on God's word. And we say what we, the declaration that I said the night that Pastor uh, went on to heaven. I said, I, I just decree right now, and I said this before my family uh, that was there, and before all the demons of hell and the angels of heaven, I said, I declare right now that I will not change what I teach. I will not change what I believe. I will still preach and teach everything the word says without any kind of being ashamed or apology. And I had to make that declaration that day, that night, because I knew what the devil was going to try to do uh, before I even got home. And I'm sure all of you face some of those same, same things and some of those same decisions you've had to make. And it is always the right decision to stand on the word and stick with the word. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to touch on a little bit of that uh, here pretty soon. But just to introduce, uh, if you, this is your first time to be in this series that I'm teaching, uh, I want to just introduce a little bit what we have been learning here at Victory Center been teaching uh, our, our motto and our vision for Victory Center is to build God's kingdom. And so this message, this series that I've been teaching is building God's kingdom one relationship at a time. Because we're all in relationships. And sometimes, and I would just have to say all the time, our relationships will make or break us. So, Father, we thank you for this time that we have together together this morning to just gather around your word. You've got instruction for us, and it's solid instruction. It's instruction that will take us from glory to glory. And that's what you have in store for us. And that's the ending of the story. And so, Father... We just want to thank you for your precious Holy Word. We thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we know that you are here in us and among us. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to just uh, take the Word and, and like a two-edged sword, pierce between the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And may it be a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearts of the ones that hear this morning. And Holy Spirit, give me utterance. I must have your utterance and your mind. And we just believe this morning that we have the mind of Christ. All of us will understand and receive what you have to say for us this morning in Jesus' name. I want to start with Galatians 5.14. If you'll put that up there. And I, I do want to mention that um, this is our foundation scripture. We've been talking about the law concerning human relationships. And it is complied with in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. So keep that up there for a moment. You that have not been in this series, I just want to lay a little bit of a foundation and declare that we have been talking about what love is and what love isn't. 
And we have learned a lot of things that we need to know in order to have a healthy relationship. And I was just uh, rummaging through uh, some things in the basement this week, and I ran across a whole bunch of laminated copies of a person who is selfish, a picture of a person who is selfish. So we did talk about what is the opposite of the agape love? Is it hate? What is it? Selfishness. And so this is the picture of what selfishness is. So I have these on the back table. And if you know somebody that needs this, of course, you don't need it. But if you know of somebody that needs this, I have absolutely laminated it for you to give to them. And it will be really hard for them to tear it up. Because, um, it's, it look, you know, they might even want to frame it. Who knows? And then uh, last Sunday we talked about mirrors, knowing who you are. How we, first of all, Jesus says the kingdom of God is what? Within you. So you cannot build God's kingdom until you build God's kingdom in you. So what we have been talking about is how to get rid of all of those things in our lives that hinder us from being what God wants us to be. He wants all of us to be whole people. Not dysfunctional, not like this person. And so we talked about mirrors last week and, and uh, how uh, our self-image is built on what, how, what we see in the mirrors that people hold up to us and how distorted it can be. But there is one certified mirror that we can look into that will tell us the truth. And that is, and, and we talked about the who am I scriptures. And so guess what? I found some laminated who am I scriptures too. So if you know someone that needs these scriptures, can you catch? <laughs> well, good catch. Good throw. Um, they're back there on the, the back table and you can pick them up and, and use them because we, uh, we want you to have the resources as we go through this series. This is a, a powerful, powerful series to learn about relationships. I have to say that this, what I, what I've been teaching and what's in my book on relationships uh, saved my marriage. And I, I said last week that all of the things that's in that book and all the things I'm teaching, I did not learn it from a counselor. I learned it from the counselor who is the Holy Spirit. And he taught me. And it's just, you know, it, it's in there for everybody. We can all learn what we need to do in every circumstance by looking at what the Word of God says. So, uh, Wednesday night, I think probably Wednesday night was one of the, probably the most foundational of all as we transition into building ourselves up and, and working the kingdom of God in us and then starting to let it flow out of us. So I think what I taught on Wednesday night was probably a pivotal teaching. We talked about the law of human obligations, 
how instead of operating under the law of love, we many times operate under the law of human obligations. And that is where we say, you're going to have to make me happy. We say that to our, you know, we may not say it out loud, but on the inside we have a list of what we think people need to do to make us happy. And uh, out of uh, that list comes out of this paradigm, and I'm just going to reiterate this because some of you weren't here Wednesday night. I just jotted down the selfishness paradigm that causes us to put our laws on somebody else. Not God's laws, our laws on somebody else. So the paradigm is this. You must always treat me the way I want to be treated. You must always be sensitive to my needs. You must never inconvenience me. You must do what I want when I want, in the way I want it done. And if we could just condense that into one concept, we would say, it's all about me. And you might not have thought that through, but this uh, all about me thought pattern leads up to what I'm going to share today. Because at every point where you have an expectation of someone else doing something for you and making you happy or making you feel good, there is always a possibility and, prob and actually a probability that they're going to let you down. And when they do, then you're going to be faced with something called offense. So we're going to talk about offense today. It's not a word you put on your refrigerator uh, and uh, do a Jericho dance or whatever about, but it is a powerful, powerful truth. We've got to learn that there are offenses out there. Now, in, in uh, Luke the 17th chapter, the first verse. I want to look at it first in the King James Version. Jesus is talking, and he said unto the disciples, it, and, and this is kind of odd the way he says it, but, but uh, I'll rephrase it. He said to his disciples, it is impossible that offenses will come. It is impossible that offenses will come, but woe to him through whom they come. So he, if you want to just paraphrase it, he's saying, listen, guys, I just got to tell you, offenses are going to come. That's what he was saying. You're going to have an opportunity to be offended. That was not the good news. But it's true. Every one of you in here probably have had opportunity to be offended at some time in your life. So let's look at that in the Amplified. In the Amplified, it, it begins to describe what offense is. And Jesus said to his disciples, and uh, in the Amplified, it calls, calls it temptations, snares, 
traps set to entice to sin are sure to come. But woe to him by or through whom they come. So Jesus is saying this to his disciples. You're always going to have an opportunity to be tempted to be offended. And uh, it is a snare. It is a trap. And it is for the purpose to get you to sin. So if we look at that and think, well, if it's something that's going to entice us to sin, where does it come from? Does it come from your spouse? Does it come from uh, the person sitting next to you in church? Where does it come from? Does anybody have a clue? Where? From our enemy. From the devil. So he is going to set some snares and traps. Uh, let me just give you uh, the uh, Greek meaning of the word offense. And it's scandalon. Many of you have heard Pastor Charlie teach on this many times. Scandalon is the, word, the Greek word for offense, and it means a snare, a trap stick, an occasion to fall, apostasy, or displeasure, and it is always referred to as a stumbling block. So... Um, if Pastor Charlie was here, you know what he would do. He would pull out something like this. This is a trap. Now, I cannot tell you what kind of trap it is. Maybe some of you out there could tell me. Probably it's a coyote trap. I certainly cannot tell you how it works. And I can't, for the life of me, I couldn't set it. But I do know what this is. This part right there. That's where you put the bait. And uh, when Charlie wanted to trap a coyote, he had some of the stinkingest, smelliest stuff. And I thought it was totally repulsive. But, you know, coyotes don't think the way we think. And they thought, they thought it was interesting. So if they would took, take the bait, that it would spring the trap, and they would look something like this. Would you put up that picture, please, that first picture? They would look something like this. You can see that... Uh, they, he has his paw caught. He is not a happy camper. That's a trap. That's what happens in a trap. Now, can you put up that next picture? Okay. This is another kind of a trap. And this would be, I have seen Pastor Charlie use this one many times too. Uh, so the significance of this trap is this. Uh, once you're in the trap, you are not free anymore. 
and the trapper has full sway over what happens to your life from then on. They will feed you if they want to feed you. If they don't want to feed you, they won't feed you, and you won't have any food. They can give you water if they want to water you, but they, they don't give you water, you don't have any water. Or they can do something that Pastor Charlie did. He took a bunch of coons and turned them into a beautiful coonskin coat for me. Now, I didn't bring the coat. I should have brought a picture of it. But they have, the trapper has total control over the one that's in the trap, whether they live or whether they die. And according to the Bible, the trapper that's trying to trap you and I by using offense is the devil. And his M.O. is this. He comes but for. And so if, he's, if it says, he this is John 10, 10. He comes but for means there's no other reason he comes. He comes but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Would you like to be in the devil's trap? That's what his intention is when he tries to get you offended. He wants to, um, let me just go back to the meaning here. He wants to get you to uh, fall, entice you to sin. He has plans for you. Now, um, let's look at some, I just want to look at some definitions in the Bible about offense. So let's start with Mark 4.17. Baikun. So this is Jesus talking. And he, this is a parable of the sower sows the, the word. And he says that there, the, some of the seed falls on uh, on. Ground that is rocky ground is what, is what it says. And then it springs up. The seed springs up. And the person that receives it that has rocky, is rocky soil, they receive it with joy. They're excited. I mean, they might even run around the church. I don't know. But they're excited about the word. Woo-hoo. Until... Until persecution, tribulation, uh, something happens in their life that they hadn't counted on. So when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, what does it say? They immediately are what? Offended. They become displeased, indignant, and resentful. And they stumble and fall away. So some one meaning, some meanings of offense would be they were hurt or resentful and they fell away, displeased. Uh, let's go to uh, Matthew 13, 21. This is another account of the sower sows the word. 
So uh, this is the way the Amplified says it. Yet it has no real root in him, but is temporary. Just let me tell you this. Offense causes you to be temporary. You are not steady. That's the plan of the enemy. Yet it has no real root in him, but is temporary, inconstant, lasts but a little while, and when affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, again, he is caused to what? Stumble. Remember that word stumble. He is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him whom he ought to trust and obey and he falls away. Now I want to look at one more. Luke 7, 23. And blessed, happy with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, apart from outward conditions, and to be envied, is he who takes no offense in me. This is Jesus talking. Takes no offense in me, who is not hurt, or resentful, or annoyed, or repelled, or made to stumble, whatever may occur. Go back to the starting of that again. So Jesus is saying, uh, a person that does not get offended at Jesus is blessed. But if you get offended, then uh, he, he describes what offense means. It means that you get hurt, you, you are resentful, you are annoyed, or repelled or made to stumble once again. Now, just leave that up there for a minute. We have been talking this morning <coughs> about uh, what happened on January the, January the 1st of this year when Pastor Charlie went to heaven. I'm just going to ask you a question. How many of you, you don't, ra don't raise your hand, how many of you were tempted to be offended at God? You know why I said that or asked that? Because I was tempted. God, how could you? We prayed, how could you? How could you do us that way? This is what Jesus is saying. You know, it's not just individuals that we get offended at. We can get offended at God. And these same problems will happen if we get offended at God, there are people, I, they're not here, but there are people, I believe, that have departed from him who they are to stay hooked up to because they got offended at God. Maybe through this incident of Pastor Charlie. Now, all of you are faithful and loyal and you're here and you're going to stay here. But offense is a terrible thing. It can cause you to stumble. It can be a stumbling block. Now, I have experienced that in the natural. <clears throat> While Pastor was over at um, Edmond in ICU, uh, I was staying over there in an Airbnb. And uh, my daughter-in-law, Tammy, and I were going to go shopping this particular morning, I think it was a Wednesday morning, 
We were going to go shopping because I had been sitting with, in the room with Charlie uh, day after day after day. And so my granddaughter was coming down that, that day, and she, was, she said she would, she would like to stay there with him. Of course, he was on a ventilator, and he was unconscious, but somebody needed to be there. And uh, so we decided we was going to go shopping. So I was, I was, she was already in the car waiting for me, and I came out. <clears throat> and uh, just, I, I was just getting ready to turn to go to my side of the car, and th that driveway had a lip on it about three, three inches tall that I did not see. And I caught my foot on that lip, and I tried to catch my balance for about 15 feet, but I was not successful. And I fell face first on the cement driveway and hit this side of my head. And so uh, I lay there and she tried to get me up and I, I was losing, I felt like I was losing consciousness and she called the, the ambulance. They took me to Edmond to the ER. They did an MRI and they found that I had a brain bleed not a good thing evidently and so they transferred me to downtown OU Center and uh, kept me there till 10:30 that night so this was early morning all day long I was laying there that was not a good day I wasted a day I was hurt I had stumbled, and when it was all over with, I had the worst black eye I've ever had in my life, this whole side of my face. You probably remember at the funeral, I had lots of makeup on. But the thing that I thought was interesting about this whole thing that relates to what we're talking about this morning is this. About a month later, I had this knot on, right here on my forehead. And uh, it just kept festering, kept festering, kept festering, kept festering. And I thought, what is going on? It's just not healing. And um, one day, I, I was kind of squeezing it. That's what you do with festering stuff, you know. I was squeezing it, and all of a sudden, something popped out and landed on the counter. And I looked at it, I got my glasses on and looked at it, and it was the screw out of my glasses that had broken when I fell. And so at the point of my fall, there was something embedded in my forehead that was causing infection. And I had to get it out. And then it healed. And I, as I was reading these definitions about stumbling and falling, I remembered that. And I thought, you know, this is exactly what the devil tries to do. At the point where you stumble into offense, he will begin to impregnate you with poison that will fester in your life. And it will keep hurting you. And keep hurting you until you get it out. Offense is not something that you want to play with. Not even for a moment. 
I'm, remem- I'm reminded back, uh, it's been, it was when Kim was probably in high school, so however long that was, um, there was this young man that came, that started coming to church, his name was Steve, and he was so on fire for the Lord. He had just come out of the drug scene, and he was so on fire for the Lord, and he was just like uh, zealous. He would tell everybody about Jesus, and he was just so excited about Jesus. And, and uh, we were excited that he was excited. And we were excited that he was at church, and he was a part of our fellowship. And, and uh, we embraced him, and, you know, he, we, we uh, saw that he was growing, and we were excited. And in the middle of the night, one night, I, I got out of bed to go use the restroom, and I almost, it was almost... A, uh, it was almost a voice, an audible voice. And I don't think it was audible, but it was that loud in my spirit. And it said, tell Steve that Satan is laying a trap for him of offense. If he takes the offense, he will go, it'll bring him, take him back into his own lifestyle. Tell him and warn him to be careful. And so I told him. And he just kind of brushed it off. Sure enough, something happened and he got offended. And today, I don't know where he is today. I don't even know if he's alive today. But he did go back into his old lifestyle. And uh, so sad. That was what the devil's plan was with offense. And he warned, God warned him. He's warning us. Offense is serious. It's as serious as life or death. So what do we do? Well, I'll just give you a statement. Offense may come, but it's your choice whether you get offended or not. Just because offense comes doesn't mean you have to get offended. But the thing that we have to know ahead of time is this. We've got to make a determined decision ahead of time that we, we will not ever get offended again. You say, ever? Well, do you want me to say, I won't get offended most of the time? No. We make a quality decision to not get offended. I've had people say, say this to me. You know, I said this. I hope this doesn't offend you. And I say, I do not get offended. I've already made the decision. The way it works is this. Uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I was walking around the garden. And... Uh, I have an illustration that I'm going to use next Sunday because this is going to tell you how to get rid of offense once it gets in your life. But I was walking around the garden. I was looking for a sandbur. And I knew there has to be sandburs down at the garden. But lo and behold, Macaulay has done too good a job cleaning up my yard, and I couldn't find any sandburs. I walked all the way around the garden, and I thought, well, shoot, that would have been such a good illustration. And so I walked up 
started to go in the house, and I looked down, and on the side of my shoe was, would you put up that picture, was this. Now, you might not know what that is, but if you saw it in real life, it's called a goat head. It's kind of a thorny thing. And it was hooked into the side of my shoe. And I said, well, thank you, Lord. I mean, you found one for me. Hallelujah. And so I was just thinking about that. And then the Spirit of God said, if you hadn't had shoes on and you were walking around out there, you would have been hurt. It would have hurt you. You were smart to wear shoes. And then the Spirit of God began to say, if you walk through the sambers of life, you're smart to wear shoes. Because it will protect you from offense. Because Jesus said, what did he say? Offense will come. Didn't he say that? He said, out there, it's a jungle out there. Offense will come. It is smart to wear shoes when there are stickers around. Now, how do you wear shoes? Well, the statement that I just said is what you need to do. Make a decision. Just because offense comes, you don't have to get offended. It's the selfishness in us that causes us to be offended. God's love is like shoes that we can put on to keep us from being offended. Now, uh, mo most of you have heard Brad, our, my son Brad, teach here. He ministers once a month as a rule. And uh, you know Brad and Tammy. So uh, years ago, Tammy shared this incident uh, at a ladies' deal that I, I took down. I, it's in my book. But I want to read what she says about offense. Now, I would just tell you the story, but the way she said it was so, so neat that I want to get her voice in it. So, <clears throat> uh, Tammy relates that in the early years of their ministry, occasionally Brad would irritate her to the max. <laughs> now, um, remember, annoy was one of the descriptions of offense. Annoy? Have you ever had anybody annoy you? Yeah? We've all had people. He would, he would make her angry, and it always seemed to happen once a month, ladies. Like clockwork. When he did this, she would then proceed to tell him what for and really give it to him because she was upset. So, Brad's primary love language is words of affirmation. He got that from me. So, words were extremely important to him. For a person like him who has that love language, critical words stab like a knife, and it comes across that you're saying, I don't love you or care about you. Fault-finding words and a harsh tone of voice are very wounding, so, of course, Brad was terribly hurt each time but Tammy's love language is not words of affirmation. So she had the habit of just telling it like it is. Now, this is her own words, so I'm not putting her down. And not thinking about it. She was saying hurtful things, not knowing that it was tearing Brad up. 
As soon as she was through venting, for her, everything was good. She was like, I'm okay now, let's kiss and make up. But Brad was feeling, oh my, she just killed me. <laughs> and it would take him a week to get over it. All the while, Tammy was thinking, what is your problem? I don't get you. Why can't you just snap out of it? So one day, the Lord gave her a vision. He showed her that down on the inside, she had this big red button. And on it was a sign that read, Caution, do not touch, or there will be an explosion. Then she saw her husband repeatedly touching that dangerous button. <laughs> As she watched the vision, she determined, well, duh. Anyone could see if he pushes the big red button that warns him what is going to happen, that there's going to be an explosion. If it's pushed, then of course, there's going to be an explosion. Well, thank you, God, for giving me a visual, she said with great relief. <laughs> because she had read that if you can give a man a visual, he will then again understand, he will then gain understanding and finally get the picture. So she couldn't wait to share with Brad that she had this big red button, and if he just wouldn't touch it, there wouldn't be an explosion. Then he wouldn't have to be hurt for a week. Excited that God was so awesome to give her such divine insight, she approached Brad to paint him this great picture. She began to tell him about the big red button, explaining painstakingly that he was not to touch it and patiently pointed out to him the reason he was getting hurt was because he had been pushing the button. You've been pushing the big red button. She said, that's why you're getting hurt. So from now on, just don't touch that button and you'll not get hurt and we'll be okay. She thought she had just delivered a great revelation, but then Brad looked at her and said, you know what? I have a big red button too. <laughs> Tammy thought, what? This is, <laughs> this is not about you. This is my revelation. Then Brad pointed out, mine also says, caution, do not touch or there will be an explosion. That really got Tammy upset. She had expected there to be this divine understanding coming from heaven to Brad. Then everything would change and their relationship forever after would be great. Finally, she got alone with God and he gently pointed out, now that you see you have a big red button, you need to disengage it. What? She said. I just got this revelation that I'm so excited about. And now you're telling me not to respond when my big red button is pushed? She wasn't exactly sure how that was possible. But over the years, as she applied the knowledge of the love of God in her life, little by little, all of the many cords and wires connected to this insidious red button were clipped. And she was successful in disengaging the big red nasty, as she calls it. So Tammy had the vision of the big red button. And actually, Brad, like I said, Brad inherited his love language from me. And uh, my love language is words of affirmation, just in case nobody knows it here. So my husband didn't comprehend that either. And uh, he was like, tell it just like it is. And it didn't, uh, you know, he could not understand why I would get hurt. And so I was constantly 
offended at him. And that's not a good place to be when you're in the ministry. Then one day, God gave me a visual. So I just want to share it with you. So what I saw was this lamp. And as you can see, this lamp has a red bulb in it. Can you all see that over there? And what I saw was this little demonic spirit of offense come tiptoeing around and then he would push my button and every time he pushed my button the bulb of offense would come on and then the Lord said to me if you can be offended you will be offended let me just say that one more time. If you can be offended, you will be offended. I thought, what? You mean to tell me, Lord, that there is a place that I could get where I can't be offended? I didn't know there was that place. And then the Lord showed me that what I needed to do was to take out, no, it's just fine. Take out this bulb of offense and change my bulb and put in the bulb of the love of God. So this is what happens when somebody comes to offend me. the love of God begins to kick in. And when the love of God kicks in, guess what happens? I forgive. See, see, God has the love of God plumbed into your life. We've talked about that. Got my little handy plum, plumbing here. The Bible says, Romans 5, 5, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You can turn on the love of God anytime you want to. So when somebody offends you, offense is that cruel hand that reaches down and turns off your faucet of love. And it quits flowing. Or you can turn it on and forgive. That's what we're going to talk about next Sunday. You can forgive people and not even get the sticker in your foot. You can go through life not being offended and the devil will say curses foiled again every time he tries to cause you to stumble, get annoyed, and fall away. So the blinding power of the love of God chases off that demon of offense. So I want to end today with um, Mark eleven twenty five. 
So you all are familiar with this because it follows verse 24 and verse 23 in Mark 11, where it talks about whosoever shall say unto that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe the things you saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And then verse 24 says, Though whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And then, and whenever you stand praying. I mean, here you're standing trying to get the mountains to move, believing for things that God's going to give to you. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. So listen, you got a, so you got a samber in your foot from somebody. They put that goat head there, and it hurt. You have any, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Now here's the way you do it. Let it drop, leave it, let it go. Can you hear Pastor Charlie saying that? He preached on that so many times. Let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. See, that's what happens when you, get, when you get a sticker in your foot. You don't leave it there and let it fester. Or pray, call your friend, pray, say, Oh, I tell you, they did this to me. And I mean, and you go over it and 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 over it. And it festers and it festers and it gets worse. And you get where you can't even walk. No. What do you do? You pull it out. You baby it for a little while and then it gets better and it's healed. So you, what you do, you drop it. You leave it and you let it go. There is not one thing that anybody can do to you that you that will be good for you to hold into your life if it's hurting you. Get rid of it. It's not worth it to hang on to an offense. You know what my dream is? That everybody in Victory Center cannot be offended. That's my dream. Because it's possible. It is possible. Yeah, there's going to be stickers out there. It's a jungle out there. It's not fun to live in this world sometimes, but you don't have to get offended. And if you get offended... Come back next week, and we're going to really talk about forgiveness. So this morning, I just wanted to um, just warn you, encourage you, that there's a place that you can be in Christ Jesus, where you're so full of the love of God that that's what people see. When they don't like you, so what? Let me tell you, the more you walk in love, the more they have to love you. It's just the way it goes. You do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You don't do unto others exactly the way they did to you. You do unto others as you want them to do to you. Do you want people to love you? 
then love them. If you want people to forgive you, I mean, you made just a slight chance that you might offend somebody as you walk through life. Slight chance, but you might. Do you want them to forgive you? Then forgive them. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victor Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.